0: As I said, my name is John. I'm one of the team here at Trinity. And in just a moment, I am going to invite three of our friends up and I'm going to quiz them on their prayer lives. But before I do, let me ask us all a question. And it is a question I get asked every single time I go to my dentist. And the question is this, when was the last time you flossed your teeth? So by way of a show of hands, When was the last time you flossed your teeth? Put your hand up if you have flossed your teeth ever, as in in your life ever, you've had a call on the cob and you needed to floss your teeth afterwards. Yeah, wonderful, most of the room. Keep your hands up if in the last month you have flossed your teeth. Excellent, good oral hygiene going on. Keep them up if it's been in the last week, the last day. Of the people who've still got your hands up, very impressive. Would you say that you floss your teeth every day? Excellent. I mean, that deserves a round of applause right there. I mean, that, that is commitment to what my dentist calls interdental hygiene. Um, now, you're probably wondering, why is John talking about flossing teeth in church? You know, we're in this series that we've called Stay Put, and we're exploring what it means to be dependent on God in various aspects of our lives. And today we're going to be exploring what it looks like to be dependent on God in prayer. But what does that, why does that relate to flossing? And the reason why it relates to flossing is because every time my dentist asks me that question, I have two spontaneous reactions. Guilt and fear. Guilt... Because I have that, oh, I know I should be flossing my teeth more. She wouldn't be asking me the question if I was flossing my teeth every day. The second is fear. It's that fear of, oh, there must be something wrong with me. Everybody else doesn't have a problem flossing their teeth, but some, for some reason I do. There must be something wrong with me. And actually, I think that guilt and fear can be two of our quickest reactions whenever anyone asks us the question, how is your prayer life? It's like, oh, I should be praying more. Oh, there must be something wrong with me. Everybody else must find it easy. And actually, what I want to say today is as, as these guys come up and as they share, resist that temptation. It is such a trap and it will not lead to anything good. It will take you to what I call the school of striving, which I have got an A star in every class and it's not achieved anything in my life. So resist the urge to go towards guilt and fear. And the other thing I just wanna say is, even if you're in the room today and you wouldn't consider yourself a follower of Jesus or you're watching online, you know, the likelihood is, I'd be willing to bet, probably a little bit, that you at some point in your life have prayed that at some moment of your life, you have decided that something just stirred within you when you started praying. And probably what stirred that within you was love, that you you loved someone or something so much, and maybe something tragic happened, and suddenly you found this love pouring out of you, and you reached out beyond yourself to you probably don't know what and said, Oh, to intervene in this area. And actually, even for us as Christians, we've been Christians a long time, it's normally love that actually calls prayer out of us. It's love of a person that is, Oh, God, intervene. God, do something. Our most fervent prayer comes from love. But love of other people is not enough on its own to sustain and deepen a life of prayer we need love for God. And so when these guys come up and they share their hearts and they share what they're doing, listen for their love. You know, when they share their little practical gems of wisdom about how they pray, if, it, if that really resonates with you and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I could do that, then take it. But also if, that, if, they, if the way they pray doesn't work for you, then don't take it. So glean their wisdom, but Consume their love. Let their love fuel your love. Let it be the thing that let that love set fire to your love. Amen? Amen. Now, Simone, Naomi, and Duncan, would you join me on the stage? Can we give these guys a round of applause? Completely understand slow walking in this room in this heat. It is um, as they would say in my native Teesside, mafting. It's a word that you say and it feels how you say it. Welcome, guys. Do you get comfortable? I know. Navigating taking masks off. It's it's never fun. Welcome, welcome to the stage. Thank you. It's weird. Everybody's Thanks. smiling. Face masks, face masks deceive it. Just pretend they're all smiling. They all are. It's true. Um, now this is Simon, Naomi, and Duncan, and you are all very different. You are all from different places. You're all of different ages, different life stages, um, but you all have a burning passion for prayer. And I'll intro you a little bit as we kind of go along, but. Naomi, I wonder if I can start with you. Yep. You are a student, mm-hmm. just finished first year of the degree. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Um, But actually, you've spoken about a time in your life before, before university, which is yep. particularly rough, and you talk about it, and I've heard you use the phrase, I had to go to the source yep. in prayer. Um, can you just tell us a bit about that? What did that look like? Like it was a practically different time mm-hmm. or yeah just say say a few things
1: yes yeah, so like you said it was a tough time but in that season i just learned the greatest lesson in my life that will carry me for any season um is to go to the source so that means going straight to jesus and not filtering it with anything else because he's a source that will never run dry and he will never let you down um, I used to wait till Sundays for church and lean on other people to sustain my faith, but that didn't sustain me. Um, so I learned to go straight to the Father. And the beautiful thing about prayer is that we have this 24 7 access to the Creator of the universe. So we can, at any point, in any moment, wherever you're at, you can just speak to your Creator. Um, and that communication. Um, channel will just sustain you in your entire life Um, and when I was um, living in France it's a country where you're not really allowed to share your faith Um, so in like mundane moments when I was just traveling to school on the bus or the train um, I would just um, thank God for an opportunity to share um, his love his gospel his truth um and that was a point where i had to be dependent on him because i was like there's no way i can do this in my own strength um so i just had to let go and let god and he really showed up and showed off um people would just come up to me and ask like what well, is this you have like i want this um so those moments of prayer create opportunity and the space um of dependence creates space for god to move and with um relationship comes dependence and in prayer. Um, So another thing I did was I had a little journal um, and I'd put little, like, prayers, um, big ones, little ones, all shapes and sizes. (laughs) I'd even forget about some, but I'd look back and um, realize that God had answered them. Even I had forgotten what I prayed about, but he's such a faithful father. um, So that's a really nice thing if it helps you to write things down. Um, and then one thing I tried as well, and very humbling, I would just sit on the floor in the dark in my room and just wait on God. Um, and at the beginning, it was like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but as alongside, I was learning to really study the Bible for myself and read it straight. And that also creates space for the Holy Spirit to speak through Scripture to you. Um, so that cultivated... Um, a, a deeper relationship with God and also helped me to discern his character so then I was able to hear his voice more in prayer um, and in that um, in those moments of silence which is really rare because there's a constant noise from and different voices coming from all directions especially in our society today so to really like um, be still and wait for the Lord that really gives him the space to shine through um, and, yeah, prayer was like, it went from a task on my to-do list to lifestyle. And that's when you shift to, yeah, the source of life. Um, and two questions that I ask myself to keep myself accountable, because you can be in easier um, seasons of comfort, is, um, what, is it in, what is there in your life that requires faith? And if God answered all your prayers today, how would the world look?
0: That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Oh, I mean, so much in what you just said, Naomi. I mean, I think that that line, the place of dependence creates space for God to move. You know, incredible. Incredible. Um, and you na- you named a number of kind of you know practical things: journaling, Bible reading. I mean, uh, Duncan, uh, you're not a student. Uh, uh, oh, you noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was forty years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, and you know, those forty years since being a student, I mean, you've been praying over a course of many many years, and you've you've seen incredible victories, and you've seen you know, significant tragedies happen you know, in and around you. you know, how has your prayer life changed over the course of the years? How, and, and how do you see God differently now than when you first started your journey of prayer? I think that's a really good question.
2: And, and the two are very much interrelated. Um, because my relationship with God has very much determined and shaped the way that I pray. And um, if I just look back through the years, um, I can see how um, I sort of started probably in a position of um, guilt, um, inadequacy, still have a degree of that anyway. but. Um, very much, as you mentioned earlier, striving, um, feeling defeated by um, my, my shortcomings, my failings as a Christian. Um, and it's perhaps just only in comparatively recent times um, that my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus has been, I would say transformed. To the point where, actually, I realize that he is far, far, far more wanting to engage with me than I am with him. Um, it's a well-known story, but it, <sighs> sorry, it resonates with me. Um, sorry, for those of you who are coming to know me, you'll know that I crack up much too readily. It's a trinity essential. (laughs) It seems to be, and I feel very much at home. Um, But when I see the prodigal's father, you can read the story, I've read the story, I've known the story since I was a little boy and not even growing up in an ostensibly Christian household. But I knew the story, but I never realized that it's the father who runs towards his child and I realized that and oh, it came to me that this is how God is with me he so wants to engage with me and he doesn't engage with me with condemnation but he engages me with absolute love and I can trust in that picture because this is Jesus saying this is what my father is like don't hold back because we don't hold back. We want to meet with you. And that has transformed my understanding of who God is. That has transformed my understanding of who I am in God. That I am a beloved son with all my shortcomings, with all my failures. And that enables me to come to him much more readily. At one time, particularly the background that I came from, I came with a Um, uh, sort of posture of um, 18th century prayers because that was the way that you did it Um, I was really good at these and thouing and estings and um, the like and um, I've sort of come to realise that actually I can just be myself with my father with Jesus, I don't have to be something that I'm not and uh, so as my relationship with him has changed, and I've seen him do extraordinary things, and largely things that I didn't necessarily ask for. I think in the early days, and even now, I want to say to God, this is what I want to see happen. And in our enthusiasm, maybe our naivety, we we come to God with a a game plan that we want Him to bless. And I've realized, I've come to realize that sometimes we do, we we need to come to Him with, Lord, please do this. And we have to leave it with Him. Um, Always leave it with Him. Um, But in some of the key things of my life, um, I've experienced the The kindness and the goodness and the creativity of God that I could never have predicted. Um, Things have happened that far exceeded my expectation. Situations have been transformed in a way that I could never have planned because he is so much more creative um, than I could ever be. and. Therefore, I've come to realize that sometimes you, you come to God with a, a desire, but you don't know quite, and, and, and an ache, but you don't know how that's going to be fulfilled. And I guess this is the dependence thing. You come to him and you lay it at his feet. You say, Lord, this is, this is where I'm at. This is the situation. I cannot see beyond this situation. Um...
0: I think that's so good because there's a there's a there's a quote which you know I, I'm learning, always always name your source and this was my wife, um, it, we, and she spoke uh, this line that she came across was prayer is about letting the groan of the Holy Spirit move through you, yeah. and 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 it it's just reminding me as you're speaking, Duncan, that that is. What it, that is allowing the Holy Spirit to move through you in prayer, and in that place is all the creativity of the Holy Spirit to, mm. to allow it to happen. If that's—if I'm not putting words in your mouth,
2: no, you're not in the slightest. No, you aren't. And can I just say, I really appreciate the chance to be up here because it means I can take off my mask. <laughs> So I if I, I feel can just like sit up here while they're... We're,
0: we're having a great time up here. We're not having to sort of humidifiers in front of our faces the entire it's, time. It's so good. <laughs> it's very <laughs> true. Thank you, Sorry, Jake. that's very selfish. <laughs> Simone. Simone. I mean, it's something that, you know, something that some people say is, oh, if you pray, if you spend all your time praying, then you don't do anything. You know, there's sort of, uh, there's activity over here and there's prayer over here. And what I, what I actually love about all three of you is that you're living proof that that just isn't the case, um, that you have you know, raging prayer lives, but you're also involved in an awful lot of activity. Um, and you have raised a family, you have started your own business, you've started courses, you know, you, and you lead the Hucknall Hub. Um, <laughs> little plug right there. Um, how, what does prayer look like for you in the day-to-day of activity? And, and how, how does prayer change the way you do what you do?
3: Okay, am I on? Okay. Um, well, if people know me, they know that I'm not a super structured kind of person. I kind of shoot from the hip a lot. So I have great intentions when I go to bed as to what my prayer life is going to look like in the morning. And I think, okay, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do Lecture 365, I'm going to do this. And I have these ideas. And I wake up too often a phone call from one of my children because they're on their way to work saying, hi, what you up to today? So that kind of blows my first thing in the morning. But I am... I'm very fortunate is that I'm able to chat to God throughout the day. And with the people that I am so incredibly blessed to be working with, um, there are times when I chat to young people or mums or parents, and they are talking to me about stuff and I really feel so out of my depth and I just have to say, God, just, I don't know, talk to me. What am I supposed to say to this person? And so often, in those situations, words come out of my mouth and I go, wow, okay, that definitely wasn't me because God has just shown up when I need, when I need Him the most. Um, and so I have a really, I could say, I have an ongoing chat with God during the day and I have, a little while ago, I felt like I was talking to Him a lot and I didn't, but I didn't, couldn't feel Him. And that was a really hard time. And I remember standing, it was at church, at, at the back of worship, and just feeling so frustrated because I feel I couldn't feel him, and I wanted so badly to feel him. And then I had the sense of a reminder of how much I really love the people I work with and the people I teach, and, and I, it's a really deep love. It's a... It kind of moves my soul love. And at that moment, God said to me, He said, that's me that you're feeling. You love because I first loved you. So that love that I feel is me. And it was the most... Here I go now. Catchy. It was the most amazing feeling because at times when I might feel a bit distant to Him, I just just think about the love that I have for people and then it reminds me that that's Him. And it's it's been so comforting and so reassuring and so energizing that with anybody who's got a busy lifestyle, sometimes your plan to have your quiet time and allow yourself hours of time with God it doesn't always happen. But if we can really find something that we can feel connected to God in I really think it helps and everyone will be different I have a friend who runs and he says he feels the closest to God when he runs so our spiritual advisor just said well run more then (laughs) so I think we all have a different way of connecting to God
0: yeah, it needs to be said, if I'm, I'm, I'm in the camp with your friend, that running just brings me closer to God. But I do understand that that places me in like 1% of the population. So do, <laughs> if, if running takes you further from God, then that's okay. Um, I wonder if just as we sort of bring things into land, whether we could just sort of go along each of you and just give us a brief snippet on this question. How does the Holy Spirit help you pray?
2: The Holy Spirit enables us to do things which, in our own strength, in our own inclination, we could never do. And I think it's good to say, and I think it's probably helpful to say that prayer is hard. Prayer is hard work, and it requires discipline. And the Holy Spirit provides the energy, the ability, uh, the self-discipline, and the promptings, the promptings. Um, For me, also, I, I do find it helpful that a number of years ago I was um, unable to speak in tongues which that isn't everybody's experience but I find that that helps me because sometimes words run out sometimes words run out and it's the expression of your heart and um, if you don't have to think too hard about what you're saying um, your heart is communing with God but in a... um, in a much more effortless way if that makes sense words cease to get in the way now that's a whole new topic um and for some it will feel very strange but for me it's been enormously helpful and that's from someone who growing up in the background that i came from wouldn't have touched that kind of thing the supernatural um with a barge pole i would have been very suspicious of it but god in his goodness and kindness has tenderly granted me that ability. So I'm grateful for
0: that. Oh, that's so helpful, Duncan. Thank you.
3: For me, I think the Holy Spirit definitely um, is, is a counselor. And I, I find I can hear him better when I go into a bit of a creative way of thinking. So often I will picture myself sitting on a beach or a happy place with Jesus by my side. And often Jesus won't be speaking, but I get a sense of something. And for me, that is the Holy Spirit connecting with me and guiding my thoughts and putting sometimes a picture in my mind or some words. So for me, that is the, the, the Holy Spirit is definitely a counselor and a guidance for me.
1: So good. Yeah, I, well, what they both said is, little nuggets of wisdom um, and on what Duncan said about it not being easy um, I think in this culture we strive for ease um, but in a relationship that's dependent on God easy easy isn't necessarily good take I don't know fast food for example it's so quick and easy but does that sustain you so um, yeah I would really encourage you guys not to get distracted by Um, how easy things are, because when it comes to God, it's so worth it. Um, And you can never lose anything. You can only gain. And um, I just wonder what it would look like if we were a church who prayed dangerous prayers, because our God is is so big, like, unfathomably big, um, and nothing's more dangerous than not praying at all. So I wanted to encourage... um, Nothing's off charts, nothing's off boards, like pray dangerously and I think we'll really see the kingdom come. And how the Holy Spirit helps me pray is, like you said, little promptings Um, and just reminding that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us and we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Um, So that gives us um, connection with the creator to pray for those around us. Um, And out of that relationships comes like fruit and comes um, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, So I switched from um, a place of prayer where I'd be like, please, God, do this. Please, could you do that? To God, I thank you that you can do this and this is your will for this to happen. And that's where I've seen miracles happen and healing. Um, My brother's been a really big inspiration and we were driving once, and um, a girl in the back was like, could I have um, some paracetamol? And my brother goes, uh, why do you want some paracetamol? What for? And she says, oh, I just have a headache. So <laughs> he had one hand on the steering wheel, one hand on her head. Just you, guys, in Jesus' name, I thank you that the, the headache just goes away. Thank you for your healing. Um, And just having that shift of mindset. And like uh, Johnny was talking about the other week, living as if God is real. Um, Because the Holy Spirit is real and He heals and He changes lives. I can just add
3: really quickly. I think we've seen, we mentioned uh, the state of South Africa and how in three days it was absolutely taken to its knees. And in day four, we've seen God's people rise up. And it's the most... Incredible thing you've ever seen where they are gathered in car parks and <clears throat> all around just praying and praising God. You, and I just think, wow, with what they're going through and they, they are praising God. And I just think we need to, as you say, have that shift of focus and go from, from maybe looking at how we are feeling to honoring God and his faithfulness in, in our lives. It's so much bigger than us.
2: Yeah, I would just yeah. like to I mean, it, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? One of the transformations in my thinking is prayer is more about thank yous than pleases. Yeah. And long ago has gone the idea that God is some kind of divine slot machine that we put in our prayer and we pull out our our you know, our, our, our chocolate bar um, he isn't like that. Um, but as we raise him up in worship, that, that releases power.
0: Yeah. No, abs- I, yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, I wonder, Simon, would you pray for us as we close? Would you?
3: <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just... We come before you, we're on our knees, we are humbled by your greatness and your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. Father God, just thank you that we can come freely, freely to just be together, knowing that you are at the center, knowing we can celebrate you for all the goodness that you are. Help us, Father God, to be an instrument in your hands this week. Help us to be who you have called us to be. Help us to know that we are all broken and we are not okay without you. So Father, if there's anybody who feels that they aren't good enough, Lord Jesus, help them know that you everyone is good enough for you. You don't want us to be perfect. None of us have got it together. So, Father God, help us all to reach out and touch you and have you in our lives this week. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Can we give these guys a round of applause?